Raptors win! Raptors win! Get out the salami and cheese, mama! This ball game is over! There you go, folks. It's all good. It's all good. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 5 of the Untitled Raptors podcast. These are your hosts, Talib and Akshay, and thank you so much for joining us for another weekly podcast. Akshay, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. It's going good. Had a had a quiet weekend. I did a lot of work. I played some ball today. Oh um, man! Yeah, so I <laughs> I decided the first game I was going to try to play hard defense just to see if I can play hard defense and play offense. I realized I could not. It was it was really difficult. I, I every time I do this, I try to play hard defense and then try to make a jump shot, and my legs are gone. I have a newfound respect for people like Kwai who play both sides of the uh, the the court so hard. And and as they say, as Matt Devlin loves to say these days, city miles he puts on his body. A lot of city miles. I'll tell you, Akshay, first of all, you're on the other side of 30 now. Like, if anyone was going to give you an NBA contract right now, you're 31, you'd be like, you know what, he's too old. I'm only giving him a, giving a one-year one year max contract. That's the age. We're at 30 right now. Now we look at players who are, like, turning 30. We're like, yeah, you know what? It's not worth a three-year contract. Give him a one-year minimum wage. Yes, absolutely right. We're at that age. Great weekend. Great weekend for Raptor Ball. Let's get into it. Yeah, okay, so let's get into it with some likes or dislikes. Do you not want to tell me about your weekend? Was it that boring? Uh, weekend was pretty boring. Nothing exciting. Uh, although I did like Saturday. Raptors game, Leafs game, and the Cowboys game. All wins. I loved it. Perfect Saturday night. All right, all right. Let's get into some likes and dislikes. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> likes and dislikes likes and dislikes so utah at toronto that was new year's day um that was a 122 116 win kyle lowry did not play that game what did you like about that game norman powell uh played really well obviously the Kawhi and Serge show was on display uh, it was fantastic to see Kawhi go to the hoop, make some unbelievable shots with Rudy Gobert as well. As well, so big time Norman Powell. Norman Powell's resurgence from the bench was eye opening. Yeah, do you do you think every time he makes a basket, CJ Miles cries a little bit? <laughs> it's just like my minutes are going. I you just know, never. I think every time he makes any basket, yeah. I think it's like a it's a good moment for almost everyone. And I think everyone, every Raptor fan is like secretly happy because we've paid him four year, forty four million dollars. We're like, please do not be a bust. Please do not be a bust. Please do not be a bust. But he's playing well, so we'll take it. Yeah, this week he played his contract for sure. He played great. Um, how about your dislike? Dislike Delon Wright. Now Delon Wright had I think nine points or eight nine points. I think they all came in the fourth quarter. Now his he. He plays a very, very, very transition offense, right? So when the offense slows down, he can't play. And that I've seen almost linger out throughout the throughout the week almost. We'll discuss that a bit in detail. But DeLon Wright was definitely a little bit off-putting here just because he couldn't get the offense flowing in the right direction with any sets or any plays in that in that in that order. So the last quarter he was able to get a couple of buckets here just because the game got a little bit more they're pushing the ball up a bit more playing more transition taking advantage of joe ingles lack of defense on Kwai quite a bit that was pretty funny joe ingles trying to guard Kwai. i was like it's yeah. cute it was funny i think they did like the key matchup right it was like Kwai and Jen, uh, joe ingles and Kwai ended up with 45 and joe ingles ended up with like four or something like that right <laughs> that was hilarious. Two, two he ended up with two i just looked it up yeah he's 
that was the like the most lopsided key matchup ever. I, I love Joe Ingles too. Oh man, Joe Ingles is one of the best three pointers. And I was at the game, and I was telling my dad, I was like, "Watch out for Joe. Joe Ingles is going to be like a threat." And Joe Ingles doesn't score. He didn't. He didn't make a single three pointer. And my dad looks at me, and I think he's just like, "Is that the guy? Like, is this the?" Guy? I'm like, "I have no answer." I think. <laughs> yeah, over five. Over five. One of the best three pointers in the league. Anyways, go by yourself. What did you like? Yeah. So I mean, obviously, career high. Siakam. Well, his first career high of the week. Uh, Siakam got a 28 and 10 game. Uh, and then uh, Kawhi, literally the most, I'm going to put you on my back win ever that I think I've ever seen a Raptors uh, player do. He had a usage rate in the at 40% that game. He was pretty much finishing every play for the Raptors, it felt like, especially in that third where he was, he was driving to the hoop. It, it's really funny. Usually when players get hot, they usually jack up a three, like they, they do their heat check. His heat check was, I'm going to the rim, I'm going to the rim, I'm going to the rim. He he probably made like three or four baskets right at the rim in succession in the third quarter. Uh, that really started to turn the game around. My dislike was that you needed 73 points from Siakam and <laughs> and, uh, and Kawhi to get the job done. I mean, it, I'm happy they got the win, but nobody else contributed really that game. Yeah, it just shows the inconsistency that we have with almost everyone else. Uh, Siakam and... Kawhi stepped up big time now. I think everyone else has been a little iffy throughout the week. Uh, but I think I absolutely agree with you. I think Kawhi's heat check is ridiculous. Like He just goes right into the body and uses that big frame like really, really well, which really gives that advantage over m- multiple defenders. Like Joe Ingles was like, it's like barbecue chicken, as Shaq calls it. Just destroyed yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, there was nobody on the floor who could guard, guard him. I, and they had Gobert at the rim too, who's obviously – Defensive player of the year. I mean, he's not as good as he was last year, primarily because they're not allowing him to hit people like he Jay, did last year. I think, <laughs> but, I think they had Jay Crowder on him as well, but Jay Crowder scored like 30 as well at yeah, the end, right? Please. But, if Jay Crowder's going to drop 30 one game, it's fine. Who cares? He's not He's not going to do that again. He, he played the game of his life. That, that's his career high, too. There's three career highs that game. Oh, Jay Crowder. Yeah, Jay Crowder. I mean, he at least he's got a little bit of resurgence after, after Cleveland. Yeah, yeah that, uh, that was a bad time. Oh, man, the next game, Toronto at San Antonio. I just don't even want to talk about this game. <laughs> I feel like there's nothing to talk about. But what did you like? You know, I was I like the hype around it. <laughs> I was so I was so hyped for like like two days after. I was like, I'm so excited. This is going to be the greatest game. This is going to be so much fun just to see like DeMar go against us and everything. What I liked is our very own CJ Miles shot 100%. In his seven minutes of playing time. He shot 100%, one for one, get his confidence <laughs> up. I'll take that. I'll take that over day. So that was that, that. was probably the highlight of the game. Everything dislike, I think, 5 of 25, you're not going to win anything. Uh, you shoot 5 of 25, you're just going to be out of the game right off the bat. I think DeMar, I tell you, we could not control DeMar rebounding, which was ridiculous. He, DeMar, reba- DeMar was out-rebounding everyone, and he out-rebounded LaMarcus Aldridge. I'll tell you, LaMarcus Aldridge had two rebounds the entire game. DeMar had like a double-double, triple-double for that matter. So I love DeMar. I think I I was hoping he'd hit like 50 on us and we'd still win. Uh, That's that's how much DeMar DeRozan is to the city and I think to to the Toronto Raptor fans. I think he is what Raptor fans have been looking for all these years, loyalty, right? So. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, I, I I put my like was Demar Derozan. I don't know if we're allowed to do a like for an opposing player, but definitely. I mean, if if we're gonna get our ass handed to us like we did in that game, uh, you might as well cheer for Demar. 
Uh, he had eight boards in the first quarter. And he was like, <laughs> was like, okay, I've never seen DeMar do that. But he came out with some fire, especially there was one dunk he threw out really early in the game. I was like, oh, this guy's mad. You could tell he's mad. <laughs> like, and, and Kawhi was a little mad too. You could tell by the first play. The first play he went in and he, uh, he got an and one and he screamed. You rarely see him scream. Uh, so he was he was mad too, but then the dislike was just everything. The game was just lousy. I thought I thought Kawhi played pretty well. He, he was shot like eight of thirteen, got twenty something points, five assists. If any made anybody made a shot, he would have gotten a lot more than that. Um, but other than that, it was a pretty lousy game from a Raptor perspective. So we'll move on. Good job, Demar. Uh, Toronto at Milwaukee. That was the Saturday night game. What did you like? Oh, that was good. Uh, Surge defense. Surge played amazing defense on Giannis, I think. That was really good. And I'll tell you, Kawhi passing. So I was taking some notes, and Kawhi had six assists yesterday, yesterday's game. But he could have had at least like eight or nine because there were some open shots that were missed here and there. But, you know, he passed out at the right time, got, got some open shots for Pascal, which was pretty good. Mid-range effect was in full form after the DeMar DeRozan game. Like, long twos, surge, getting back to hitting those corner jumpers. Perfect. Raptors shooting 17 for 37. So a bunch of things here. To summarize it, surge defense, quiet passing, rap, raps, uh, three-point shooting. Three things. I'll give you that. Awesome. Yeah, and I'm, I'm guessing your dislike is the bench. Cause <laughs> yeah. Dislike is the bench. One for 15 is not going to get you much, man. One for 15 is what I shoot normally in a regular pickup ball game, you know, and I shoot only from the rim. So that's, I'll give you that. That's pretty bad. Speaking of rim, we're going 22% of the shots were near the rim. I'll tell you that. Now, that's fourth percentile in the league. That was horrible. We were just jacking up three points. When you're not doing well in three-point shots, you got to go to the bucket, make that quick pass. And that's what I think we saw a lot of other teams do. And this is, I think Casey's Raptors used to do that really well. And they, well, they used DeMar DeRozan for that really well. Get back in the games, go into the rim, get those buckets. But I'll tell you a quick thing. One thing I noticed, OG. Now, OG Ananobi was zero for four from three. Right, he hit one. I think he was one for five from three, but zero for four from corner threes. Now I've spoken about it. His corner threes, he's shooting twenty percent. Now the issue becomes is, as a small forward on in this in this league, if you're shooting the corner three and you're missing it, that ball is having an awkward bounce and getting to a defender. Your defender, so the the defender defending team is getting the ball and are. Tr- and it automatically becomes a transition offense. What that makes is OG is the last man covering his guy. So that puts a lot of pressure on your defense if your small forward is missing corner threes all the time. And he's one of your top defenders. If your top defender is not in the defensive play, you're going to get burnt. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like OG is becoming your whipping boy. Oh, he's he, he drives <laughs> me nuts, man. He really drives me nuts. Like... I don't – you'll see, he played really well today just because Kyle was back and I think everyone moves a lot more. He plays really well in like a free-flowing system, which I think everyone does. But you really see where he struggles. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I think the biggest issue with OG, not to make it a whole OG conversation, is that he just doesn't do anything really well. And if you're a rookie or a young player, if you have that one thing you do well, at least you can live on that. He does everything – Okay, especially at the offensive end, right? So it's tough. Uh, my likes and dislikes, obviously the dislike bench, I won't go over it again. Um, the biggest like was it was a bounce back. They played as bad as they could on, on uh, what is it, Thursday night? Yeah. When they played San Antonio. 
and they bounced back and they played pretty well. You know what the, the encouraging thing was Milwaukee actually played fantastic. Like if you looked at the numbers, they shot 49% from the field, 38 from three, 82 from the free throw and 29 assists. Like if you showed me that and told me, did this team win or lose? I would have said they won like nine out of 10 times. Milwaukee played great and Toronto just was the better team that night and beat them. You know, Giannis had 44 points. What the hell? Yeah, I know. 44 points. It was the most quietest 44 points I've ever seen. I literally saw, I think you you texted me. It's like, yeah. Giannis got 44. And I was like, wait a second, Giannis got 44? And that kind of shows you what kind of player he is. He's, he's, in, he's, he, but when, he, when I went and thought about it, he was involved in every play. He does everything really well. He shot three balls while speaking to like some Milwaukee fans. I'm like, this guy even shoot three balls? I don't think he shoots any three balls. So those are good. No, I think he we, made he, he made 13 or something coming into that game. He made three on that day. I was like, wow, what do you know? Toronto Raptors. Against the Raptors, you're gonna hit, you're gonna start hitting three balls. Perfect team. Brooke Lopez didn't hit a step back three, which kind of like made my day. <laughs> I'm terrified of that man. I'm absolutely terrified of Brooke Lopez. He went one for four for three, so oh, it was okay. Thank God. If Brooke Lopez is in hit threes, I'm more than happy. But I think uh, everyone else, I think we contained him really well. So you could you could tell that the game plan was to let Giannis shoot jumpers and he made them good on him you know but you got to give him something right so oh uh, you got you know what they played him really well they got chris middleton into a little bit of a trouble here with Kawhi leonard Kawhi gave him a lot of problems here on the on the pick and roll with serge and serge and you know they forced serge and pascal they were really betting on pascal they were like you know pascal shoot that three and pascal made them too so good on pascal for making some good threes as he hasn't done in the past but he made a lot of threes in the last two games. Uh, Toronto at Indy. Tonight's game that just finished, you know, a couple hours ago. What'd you like? It's like we're watching two different teams, man. With Without Kyle, with Kyle. You're literally watching two absolutely different teams. This was complete. Like, watching this team, you're like, where is this team? This team is the complete different. This is a complete different dynamic. Everything flows differently. Fred Van Fleet, we saw outlet passes from, like, Kyle to Siakam. It looked like he was... Like a QB thrown into his wide receiver right there. It was perfect. Bench mob decided to step up. OG was actually decent. Greg Monroe, he picked up nine rebounds. I didn't even know this guy could rebound. <laughs> Everything he's, he's, really. he's a good rebounder, just doesn't play enough to rebound for us. But he's, yeah, he was not. Uh, I mean, he's your third center. I think he's okay for a third center. He just doesn't. He doesn't play defense very well. No. That's very frustrating. Chris Boucher hit a three on his first shot, man. Love Yo, it. he's that guy. That guy has no conscience. He comes in, fires it up. He's like, I'm sitting down for 47 minutes. I'm coming <laughs> in. I'm shooting. Yeah, uh, you go for it, man. Go grab uh, that, man. If you gotta make, if you gotta make an NBA, you gotta do something, right? So good for him. Bad thing. Uh, there's nothing much to be bad. Not, not, well, Kawhi didn't play, so I'm just upset that I haven't seen much of Kawhi and Kyle. Now, last game that Kawhi and Kyle played together, I believe it was December 14th or December 8th, I think, around that area. So that's almost like a month. So this is a bit of a concern going in just because we're heading towards the latter part of the season. We still haven't seen both our superstars mesh too well on the court. Unfortunately, no CJ Miles, so I'm sad. Um, I'm I'm praying for CJ Miles. I hope he comes back. I w- again, I, I'm hoping for that F grade to turn into an A grade by the end of the season. So I I don't think he's gonna get minutes if if uh, Powell's making his threes because he's gonna he's gonna space the floor just fine. Yeah. Uh, um, my like Kyle coming back taking some charges. I saw Delon attempt a charge in the fourth. He didn't get it, but he attempted it. 
Um, he actually, I thought, I thought it was a pretty good charge, but they just called a no call on that one. Um, so just him coming back, you know, setting the defense, uh, setting the tone for the defense, you know, setting hustle, all these things that we were missing that you could just, you can't really quantify them, but you're just as a Raptor fan who watches day in day out, you could just be like, Oh, Kyle, come back. And the second he comes back, you could feel the difference. Absolutely. I didn't have any dislikes for this game. I was stretching to find dislikes, so I'm not even gonna bother. <laughs> you know, Kyle's charges. Weren't you scared? Like I was like, this guy just got a like a bad back. He's out for like eight, nine games. Comes in, takes a straight up charge from I think it was Kyle Quinn or someone, and takes a charge. And you're like, oh god, please get up, please get up, please get up, please get up. Oh, let's not get injured in the first quarter right here. This guy's a beast, man. He plays one way or the other. If he's if he's go- he's going 100 percent or he's not, right? So good for him. I wasn't I wasn't too worried because I felt like the Raptors are now the most cautious team when it comes to injuries ever. <laughs> and so I feel like Kyle would have played like four days ago. But they're just like, nope, 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 nope. Like and even today, Kwai's fine. He can play. You're gonna have to let him play back to backs eventually. Well, you don't but- need to, to be honest with you. You really don't need him to play back to bikes anymore. Like I'm okay with not a superstar not playing back to backs. If you don't, if you don't need it, and if you like, the reason is, I mean, you got to preserve this guy. If he doesn't, if you don't, you don't want to push him. You don't want to. You don't need him, right? I mean, I understand you needed him yesterday, but if you don't need him today, don't push it. I know it's just more get more reps. That's about it. But I think now with Kyle back, if Kyle because they need to get Kyle and and him in in this like a sink. They're not in a sink right now. No, their so. efficiency is all over the place when they're together. It's pretty bad. But that's another topic. Yeah, we'll talk about it another day. We'll see if they fix it. Um, okay, before we move on to other things, Talib, tell them, tell them who we're sponsored by. All right. This week's podcast is sponsored by The Winter Season is Upon Us. It's the perfect time to stay home, turn on some Netflix, and just relax. However, it's always nice to have that intimate talk and cuddle up with someone while watching Raptor Ball. Hit the reset on your social profile and get Toronto's number one ranked dating photographer, Take your shots so you can actually get that right swipe and start watching Raptor Ball with someone you actually care about. Contact TinderPhotography.ca for further details. Our glorious sponsor, TinderPhotography.ca, has been sponsoring our podcast since day one. Let's support them as well. Awesome. I got I got some feedback about your uh, ad reading, which was, I, I heard somebody told me that they love when you read the ads because you change your voice when you do it. I did change my voice. I I think I'm going to go next time. I'll go with like a different accent. I think every week I'll try like a different accent here. So next week I'll prep for like maybe Caribbean flavor or something. Yeah, just don't offend anybody. But yeah, you could you could go ahead and and mess around with the the ad reads. Can we put like Um, a disclaimer before this podcast comes in? We are not going to be offending anyone. We don't want to. We don't want to. We don't want to offend anyone just because. I mean, we're Toronto. We're most diverse city in the world, right? So let's 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 uh, let's. Tap into our diversity here. All right. Next week, we're going to hold Talib to it. He's going to read it in an accent. All right. Let's get back to the NBA. So we're going to do a little bit of general NBA. We got some feedback that people wanted to talk about general NBA. Breaking news. What, four hours ago? Five hours ago? Four hours ago, Colonel Shams. Shams? Shams and Woj. There you go. Two of our... What's a Shams tweet called if a Woj bomb? What's a Shams tweet? Shams Chernalia. <laughs> you know, what's a tweet called? Is it a bomb? Is it a bomb? Like it's a no. Shams bomb? It's a know. Shams rookie bomb. That's what it is. Yeah, rookie. Well, he's not a rookie anymore, man. He's breaking stuff just at the same rate. So Tom Thibodeau, gone from oh. the Timberwolves. Or the Timber Bulls, as you know, we like to call them. 
because they've got Rose and well, they had Butler and they've got Taj. Uh, you know that franchise is one of the most. It's that franchise has never recovered since the Kevin Garnett days. Unfortunately, that's what it is, right? So I was looking at as soon as that happened, I started looking at Tom Thibs, Thib, Thib, Thibodeau's stats and everything. Obviously, not good. We know how he wanted to recreate the 2011 Bulls with Buck, uh, Butler and everything all went down. But what he's got, he's got like, he left around two stars here. Like you got Andrew Wiggins, a bonafide star at the time. Two years ago, averaging 23 points, now averaging 17. Complete drop off. You know, two years ago, you decided on a contract extension of four years, 147 million. That's a big time dough, man. For That's a superstar level contract. You're expecting this guy to like elevate and he's been flat you know i love wiggins i hope you know as a as a canadian we want him to succeed as much as it is we want him to play for canada hopefully one day and obviously succeed in the nba but when you're shooting 35 percent from the line from the field goals but 29 percent from the in the fourth quarter that's not superstar material man that means something's lacking here i don't know if Thibs is the one to blame here because his sequences, I thought it was Sam Mitchell and Thibs. I used to argue that maybe it was Thibs' offense that curtailed the Wiggins' decline. But Wiggins' decline actually happened. He was still very good. He was still averaging 23 points with Thibs. And then all of a sudden, he decided to jack up more threes. And that's not his game. Yeah, I uh, I think you have more love for Wiggins than I do. I just think he sucks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I think he sucks. And I think Cat doesn't play defense. Now I, I have hope for Cat to play some defense, and I think, I think, uh, I, I think this is more not around X's and O's. I think this is more around the whole Butler situation and yeah. the fact that he just rides his stars, and and that's just not today's NBA. Like you can see with the Raptors, what what a new coach is like, like what Nurse does, what the friend, what the uh, you know the entire front office does with resting players. You know they do that in in Golden State. All of these top marquee franchises just run differently. They don't ride their players 40 minutes a night anymore because now you know the science. I think it's a lot around that. And I think it's a lot around the fact that he couldn't develop Wiggins or Cat. Um, and I think they're going to bring somebody in whose focus is solely to try to develop those and try to make that $147 million. It's not going to be worth it. You're going to look at the end of that contract and you're going to be like, all right, you got you know, 20 points that Mike James could have given you. From yeah. Wiggins. Since you but, bring Mike James into it, the Wolves have been pretty one of the worst defensive teams since 2005. And you know what, who was on the team in 2005? Mike James. 2005 was when Mike James was adding defense to the Wolves. And they were like, you know, 14th decent in the league. But they have been awful for the last like 10, 12 plus years. So... This 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 team this team has not focused on defense for a long time. After the Kevin Garnett, unfortunately, years, it's been tough. So, yeah, for, with Kevin Garnett and uh, Latrell Sprewell, who famously said he has a family to feed on his million dollars of contr- millions of millions of dollars that he was getting in. Hey, you have no idea how expensive real estate costs are in Minnesota. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I I think I think Tibbs getting fired. I'm honestly not surprised. I, I I'm actually surprised it took this long. I thought he was going to be gone as soon as Jimmy was gone. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. He, he I don't know where he's gonna. I don't know where rumors he's gonna rumors are that Fred Hoiberg is in consideration to become the general manager for Minnesota. So let's see how that comes out. Is Fred that actually Hoiberg. a rumor? Is yeah. that like a hoop type rumor? No, no, that's a legit rumor. That's a legit <laughs> rumor from a source that I have within the NBA. 
Uh, okay, so what your Twitter? Yeah, that's 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 exactly right. <laughs> um, really quickly, LeBron called himself the goat this week at a in a in a I guess a show that he's producing. I don't know. This guy does everything. Can you imagine? Um, you create news of a show that you've already created already. This is yeah. how you. This, this is this is this is media. This is journalism. This is entertainment. That's what it is. He is the goat. I absolutely agree with him. He's the greatest of all time. He's proved that over the last over the last few years. I respect him just because he beat the shit out of the Raptors four times. I hate him when he played the Raptors, but we see what he's done, and he knows that he's in he's in LA now, so he knows exactly what he's doing. So good for him. Yeah, for any it's no issues for him to call himself the goat, eh? No, I got no problem. He is good. At, he is good at what he does. Uh, it, the goat is such a like a, you know, I think he's a goat because I what I value the greatest player is completely different from what you value as the greatest player. It's not like a specific thing. It's not the highest point score. It's completely different and it's so subjective, right? So for me, it's always been this man has made everyone around him better. He's not an, a score only. He's a passer. He's a defender. He plays the game. To a full level, and without him, the team is almost crumbling. Right? We've seen that. We've seen that Cleveland twice. We've seen that with Miami. Miami had D Wade, but you saw the difference. And now you see it with the Lakers. He changes the dynamic completely. Makes I am amazed how he was able to make Mario Chalmers a decent player in the NBA. He revived Chris Anderson Birdman's career, and now JaVale McGee is going to be like it's contender for most improved player you're not going to tell me the person who made that is the goat he's the goat yeah i mean with the actual goat argument you can you can go i i agree with you i think lebron is but you know people obviously have their reasons for michael um i think i think his argument on why he's the goat was an interesting one if you watch the clip he says yeah the Kyrie, the shot right no he said he said that we beat the greatest team ever assembled the 73 win um, Golden State Warriors. And I led that. He basically like demolished them in the finals. He averaged like 40 points, it felt like. And he got a huge block. And and I know Kyrie made the three and cool, whatever. But that I mean, was, overall, that was, okay. that was yeah, overall in the seven games, LeBron just killed them. Yeah, that was all LeBron. And so his argument was, I beat the best team for the championship by myself. And, and so I can't really argue with that. I thought it was a pretty solid argument instead of looking at numbers and looking at assists and points and rebounds and trying to compare across, you know, different generations. He's just like, I beat the best team ever was. And okay. I mean, I can't argue with it too much, right? Hey man, he's, 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 he's done everything off court and on court. So he's one of the greatest athletes that I've watched. So it's pretty exciting. I'm happy that he's doing that because you, you gotta. He does everything. You got. You gotta be ballsy to just call yourself the goat and back it up almost. So you know, it's it takes someone to say something controversial if you're gonna get call yourself the goat. Like you know, you're not gonna see like Andrew Wiggins coming out. I'm the goat of Canada because that's not true. <laughs> he's he's. Haven't you heard his nickname, Maple Jordan? Oh, Maple Jordan. Maple that's, Jordan. Maple Jordan coming to a theater near you. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a really bad movie. Uh, shoot a movie that shoots six for fourteen every single. <laughs> Maple right. Jordan. Let's right, get let's... some. Uh, let's get to take some. Take that for data. I'm doing it this week. It's gonna be. It's not gonna make any sense because it's about three point shooting, and then the Raptors decided to shoot really well the last two games. But I'm gonna do it anyways. We'll get into it. 
My guys dug in that game and earned the right to be in that game, and they did not even give us a chance. That's unacceptable. That was unprofessional. Take that for data. I'm not a numbers guy, but that doesn't seem to add up. Explain it. Take that for data. All right. So I, full disclosure, I prepped this yesterday morning, which was Saturday morning before the Milwaukee game, and. Uh, <laughs> And I was like looking at the Raptors three-point shooting, which has been driving me nuts. And I and we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but I never really dug into it because I don't like to dig into small sample sizes um, because they change. And as you can see, the last two games, the Raptors shot like the lights out from three. It was like two of their best three-point shooting games all season. With that being said, we're still going to look at this from a from a season perspective. So the Raptors have not been a good three-point shooting team uh, this year. They are they rank uh, they're the only they're they're one of the teams that rank top 10 in attempts, but bottom uh, five in actual percentage. And the only other two teams to do that are Detroit and Atlanta. And you, sort of, you don't want to be in a group with that. I don't want to be in either, either of the cities either. So, so. Yeah, yeah. So, so clearly they're not doing something great with their three-pointer. Um, they've, not, they've been the worst three-pointing, sh- team, three-pointing shooting team in the last month. Um, and they've actually ended up shooting only 26% if you take out one Portland game where they shot crazy amounts um, from three in all their losses. So they're just getting, when they when they shoot the three bad, they're dead. They're literally dead. Like they have no chance. Uh, and so I started to look at this in comparison to other teams. So really think about, okay, when the Raptors shoot bad, do they do they lose more than other teams? Or do they, when, when they shoot bad? Or is are they doing the same amount? And so I started to look at good teams like the Bucks, San Antonio, Golden State, the Rockets. So the Raptors actually have had 15 games where they've shot under 30%. So the 30% bar is like very bad shooting. So that means one in every three games or so, the Raptors are shooting really bad from three. And there are seven and eight in those games. Uh, so they have wins against LA, Philly, and Indiana but four wins are against really terrible teams like Chicago. Uh, So they're not very good. So when they shoot under 30% from three, regardless of how they play otherwise, they end up being a very average team. So for comparison, the Bucs have had eight such games where they've shot under 30%. They are three and five in those games. San Antonio Spurs, who are the best three-point shooting team in the league percentage, not volume, uh, have had six of those games, and they're three and three. Golden State has had... So now let's take... Look at two teams that have had uh, that really rely on the three Golden State and the Rockets. So Golden State has had eleven of those games where they've shot under thirty percent, and they are two and nine in those games. So the second you start to become more reliant on the three in your offense, obviously when you shoot poorly, you're going to lose games. And the Rockets, who shoot like forty six percent of their shots from three, which is like absurd, have had eight such games where they've shot under 30%. And shockingly, when you shoot that many threes and you shoot that poorly, they are 0-8 in those games, obviously, right? So they're, it, it's it's not unusual to be a very average team when you shoot 30% or below from three. Um, the biggest concern with the Raptors is how many they have. They tend to have one every three games, which means that in a seven-game series, they may have two games where they shoot under 30% from three. And it's hard to recover from that. Like when you're facing good teams, they're going to destroy you. So now what I, what I ask you, Talib, is, is this a, a problem after 41, um, you know, 41 or 42 games? And B, what do you think the Raptors are going to do to 
to resolve this issue in the second half in the playoffs. I think this is definitely a problem. 100% this is a problem. I mean, you're shooting that bad in business stats and numbers you've given me. If, like, you know, seven-game series, two of your games are automatically going to be shit garbage. You know, this proves, like, absolutely key data for, like, opposing teams to have that matchup. You play great per- – basically saying if you play great perimeter D against the Raptors, you're going to win. Like, that's it. You don't need to do anything else, right? So if you're going to shut down your, our three-point shooting, that's all we need since we're so heavily reliant on that. Now, what we're going to do, I think, is what we've seen yesterday is I think you noticed it as well. You mentioned it is we're going to change the amount of threes we're taking. What type of threes are we taking? We're not going to take pull-up jumpers. We're going to be very conscious about our threes early on. If they're not going on, we're not forcing it. We're not going to shoot ourselves out of like a bad shooting night. And we're going to – I think we should be playing into something different. A trade – I would love a trade, but it's almost – I don't know. I, I, I think – our team is we're, – we're literally watching two teams right now. So some days we watch the Kawhi team or some days we watch the Kyle team. So you cannot – you don't know who what you're getting or what you're, what, you're trading, what you're trading away. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's like – so right now it's going to be a more a, a offensive change by Nick Nurse where I think he's going to instruct players, if you're shooting a three and it's not wide open, don't take it. Keep passing the ball and get like a, a shot within zero to five feet within the rim. Yeah, so I think I think you're right. I, I don't so I think I think they're gonna lean towards slightly altering the offense, not significantly. And I think they're gonna just ride it out and just hope when a healthy team comes in that they have enough talent, people are gonna finally find their rhythm and their their spot in the rotation. They're not gonna be moving, you know, starting lineup and starting lineup. They're gonna they're gonna know who they're playing with and then and then things will start to click a little bit more. I did notice yesterday uh, Fred Van Vliet he he said he never ever takes foul line jumpers ever yeah. in the last two games he was taking he took three or four foul line jumpers like he, he came off the pick and he didn't go to the 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 hole and throw up uh uh you know a prayer shot because he's really shorter than both of us and and he just stopped and took a foul line jumper and they were money <laughs> i don't think he missed one yeah uh, absolutely so. right i think if he's doing that and the the game today we played an Indiana team without a shot blocker. I'll give you that. We played an Indiana team without a shot blocker. Miles Turner was not playing. So when you're playing a team without a shot blocker, you, like DeLon Wright and everything, they're going to the hoop. You're, it's easy to get there. A shot blocker makes you want to take more threes because you're if you're going in, you're getting blocked, 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 right? So this is this is, this is raises a lot of questions and issues around our different three-pointing and how we adjust our, our offensive, our adjustments. And that's why I think the Serge Jonas adjustment is so critical because with a shot blocker, Serge really ne- denutralizes that completely. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I think, I think it's going to come up, but after 41 games, it's a concern, but it's also hard to really judge if it's truly a concern because of the in and out of the lineup. But hopefully it starts to change because if they if they – have two out of seven games in a playoff series where they shoot under 30%, it's going to be hard to win. Oh, it's going to be awful. Series. Yeah. Right? Regardless so, who we're facing. Yeah, it doesn't matter because they're all good now, right? Like, first round, maybe you have a cupcake team of like Brooklyn or whoever oh, ends up being yeah. Detroit or whatever. Right. But let's, after that, it's, it's. Let's not call anyone cupcake teams. Sorry. Right? Like, we're Raptor fans. I don't think we have any right to call anyone that at the moment. Especially because we were playing Brooklyn this week. I, yeah, I'm taking every <laughs> judgment. Let's go. <laughs> All right, predictions. Let's let's do some predictions. So Tuesday, uh, Atlanta is here. Friday, Brooklyn is here. 
and then Sunday, the John Wallless Washington Wizards were there. All right. What do you think? All right, Atlanta, the return of Vince Carter again in a different uniform again. Uh, Toronto's going to take this one. Atlanta's it's, it's it's a growing team, right? They're tough. They're they're young. They're fast, but they lack a lot of skill and coordination as much as it is. Trey Young is. I still don't understand why they made that trade for Luka Doncic and they traded Trey Young for Luka Doncic. I, I'm puzzled by that. I think they're banking on Trey Young being the next Steph Curry. Hopefully, he does. But Luka I mean, Doncic- I, I understand it. I don't think it's the right decision. I think I think it's because they believe that Trey Young has a higher ceiling and that Luka has got a low, lower ceiling but a higher floor. Right? Like Luka's floor is is great. Oh, Luka's ridiculous. I think yeah. Luka's going to be MVP of the, of the league soon. Yo, you are you are giving too much praise to Luca. Oh, Luca is going to be MVP. I'm telling you, Luca is going to be MVP of the league in like next two years. In podcast episode 200, <laughs> whatever the hell we do, Luca's going to be going to be talking about Luca MVP versus Pascal Siakam MVP. Uh, there you go. Okay, a, a Talib cold take there for you guys. Luca versus Pascal for the MVPs. Uh, okay, you think win on Atlanta, Brooklyn? Yeah. Brooklyn's a win, and Brooklyn's going to be a very tough one. Brooklyn's going to be a very tough, tough win because Brooklyn is a tough team to, to play against. They pass the ball, they shoot the ball, like they shoot the ball with frequency and they have a great uh, coach in Kenny Atkinson who really involves every single player on the team. They just don't have any superstar to finish it off at the moment. So yes. they, they, it's, that's the only reason. They're, they're a good team. Toronto's going to win this one. And Sunday, Toronto's going to beat Washington because Washington are an up-and-down team. Like To be honest with you, they beat the crap out of Oklahoma today. Oh, did they? Yeah, they beat Oklahoma. They just scored oh, them by like 20 points. But I haven't gotten a chance to look at the game a bit more in detail. But I'm taking Toronto over Washington just because it's a Sunday game. And I think we're only playing three games this week. Plus, I do think our offense matches up a lot better against their defense. Way better. Yeah, I'm, I'm going 3-0 this week too. The only the only game that I find might be a little bit of trouble is the Brooklyn game. Um, I think they're the, probably the hardest team here to play. Although you said Washington, Washington's playing without John Wall, and apparently when they play without John Wall, everybody eats. You know, that's the that's the famous Gotar. Uh, what's the name? Gortat um, line. Gortat, yeah, Gortat line. Like yeah, too. everybody eats, right? So, um, yeah. So I, I think I think three and zero, but I can see Brooklyn and Washington give us a little bit of trouble. I mean, if we face Washington, we would be seeing a former, ra- uh, a, sorry, a future Raptor. We'd be playing Bradley Beal as trade rumors go. Uh, Bradley Beal is the Raps, you know, fresh off the rumor mill. What What do you think Washington wants that the Raptors would give up? Not name Pascal Siakam for Bradley. What, what Washington wants? I don't yeah. think Washington wants anything exactly. from us. I'll say they want. They'll be like, give us Kawhi. We'd be like a big f you. <laughs> Yeah, the the conversation honestly for Washington to trade Beal, if if Masai picks up the phone, the conversation starts at Pascal Siakam and ends at Pascal Siakam. That's it. Like I don't I don't think there's anything on this roster that they would they would take Pascal Siakam and they would probably take a pick and you do whatever fillers you need to do in in CJ Miles and probably Norm Powell because you don't actually have a lot of money they can match. Yeah, it's gonna uh, be- you can't. You yeah, you just your your Jeremy Linhope might be. More. Hey, Lin Sandy is coming More to Toronto. Now. If, if, if we lose a point guard, Lin Sandy will return to Toronto and it's going to be all hype. It's going to be all good too, man. Yeah, the Canadian Lin Sandy. Yeah. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about the trade deadline and the buyout stuff as I think there's about 
a month ago before the trade yeah, deadline. Yeah, all-star stuff coming up too. So we'll talk about that as well. All-star picks and see if biggest question is, guys, I want to ask, I want to leave it out with this thought. Will Philly get three all-stars this year? Is that the And question? Toronto won't. Oh, but we're the better team, are we? Or does Milwaukee get one or do they get two or three? Like, this is an interesting know. one, right? Yeah. I don't really know who you put. Middleton had a really, like, a really bad month. And so I don't know if he's going to. Anyways, we will talk about that in another week. We don't want to keep him going too long. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We think 3-0 and weeks, both of us do. So let's hope for 3-0. and And then we'll have uh, a lot of happy wins to talk about and not so many dislikes. Anything else before we go, Tal? Yeah, if you really like the podcast, actually, even if you don't really don't like it, please give us a rate, review it, uh, give us a five-star rating, even if you don't like it. Let's be honest here. You're listening to it. You made it to 30 minutes. You really like it. Uh, yeah, just, just show us some love. It'll, be, it'll mean a lot to us. Help us grow the audience. Help us spread the word about Raptors Untitled as we grow and get to podcast episode number six and hopefully onwards for the rest of the year. All right. Hope you guys have a great start of the new year. Hopefully Monday's a fresh day and you guys enjoying your commute. Go for it. Go have a great week, guys. Oh, that TTC commute. All right. Take it easy, everybody.